Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. I, um, it's a fine Saturday morning here. I forgot to put the episode up last night because I was at a bonfire. I came home, was laying in my bed, and was like, oh shit, the podcast. So now we're here, Saturday morning. I'm trying to bang this out. I opened my windows today. So I usually keep my windows closed in my basement just because, like, the humidity levels kind of fuck with my equipment sometimes. That could get pretty dangerous fast. And so I opened the windows today because the humidity was lower outside than it was in here. And as soon as I did, some dumbass from across the street started leaf blowing. In the middle of fucking July. I guess it's the end of July. But, like, what what are you, what are you blowing? There's nothing to blow in his yard. Except for, <laughs> except for himself. Yeah, sucks. If you guys hear a leaf blower... He's blowing grass. If you guys hear that, I apologize. I hope you don't. Um, but damn, guys. Yeah, so today we got Saturn Gates on the pod. There's chickens, too. Can you guys hear the chickens? They're going off right now. God damn it. Anyways, Saturn Gates is on the pod. And if you don't know who Saturn Gates is, you're really missing out. I found this guy on TikTok a while ago because he posted some crazy beat. Like, I, I hear crazy beats every day. Like, let's be honest. But this guy, this guy's sound caught my attention in a second. I remember watching that TikTok like ten times. Like, oh my fucking god, this guy's crazy. It's like a, it's like it sounds a lot like um, kind of that trippy red uh, rage beat kind of style. But it's very evolved. It's very different. He incorporates dubstep noises, and it's not it's not the only genre he makes. Like he does a lot of shit. But like, that's what he's like really kind of digging in on and. I think it's going to make a huge impact on the music industry with that sound. And so I invited him on, and turns out he's got big placements with Trippy Red, Lil Baby, some more artists that we're going to talk about on the podcast. It's kind of a big deal. It's super exciting. Um, this kid's definitely got a future in the music industry for sure. He is going to college right now. Um, I don't remember the name of the school. Uh, it's a music school. He dropped out of a business school to pursue his music school. Um, and now he's like, he's absolutely killing it right now. I'm pretty sure he's co signed with Tank God produce Rockstar for Post Malone. And um yeah guys, this is a, definitely a good episode if you guys want to know more about him and um you know just a little bit more about how the music industry works, how people are getting placements nowadays. Um kind of the kind of an introduction into how how most producers get started with production, but um yeah guys, definitely a powerful episode today. Super good. Um I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Without any further ado, episode 13. I think we're on 13 now. Yeah. Episode 13, Saturn Gates, out of tune. Let's do it. Yeah, so I guess the way I like starting this podcast off is just like give a little little brief intro or summary and tell everyone who you are and what you're about, what you do. Go for it. Yeah, um, sweet. So, shit, sorry, let me. There we go. Yeah, so uh, I go by the name of Saturn Gates. Uh, I'm a hip-hop and EDM producer from Nebraska. Um, I am studying music production recording arts at Drexel University in Philadelphia, and I mainly focus on untraditional trap uh, as well as EDM, and I try to basically keep things keep my production style as unconventional as possible um, by doing a lot of genre blending and also just experimenting with um, different sounds and seeing how much I can basically fuck with the human ears. 
um, to see what people like, what people don't like. Um, and I've worked with artists like Trippy Red, Lil Baby, uh, as well as a couple TikTok artists that are blowing up recently named a uh, couple guys like Luya, Adhani, and then I also work very closely and I'm co-signed with the producer Tank God, who produced uh, Rockstar by Post Malone and 21 Savage. Oh, yeah, I know. Thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love like having people on this podcast who I can tell have a story to tell and just some interesting things to talk about. And you caught my eye pretty fast, man. Um, but we're definitely we're going to go in on all that stuff in, in pretty deep detail. But I guess second question here. Talk to me a little bit about what your past has been like as in childhood. So like what were your hobbies like growing up, your family, your interests? What was school like for you? Yeah. Uh, also, sorry, I might like cough every now and then. Oh, you're fine. Uh, I'm just a little sick. So, um, but let's see. So, growing up, um, I've been I've been doing music stuff just as long as I can remember. Uh, mm-hmm. My parents got me into like piano and all that stuff at a really young age. And I did that for a while, and I also played hockey as a kid. I did that for a really really long time. Oh yeah. Um, up until high school, and then I eventually stopped doing that to do music full time. Uh, and then in high school, that's when I really started getting super involved with music and everything, mm-hmm. uh, just like school affiliated stuff. So like concert band, marching band, jazz band, all that shit. Um, and then right when, let's see, I want to say like May of 2019 is when I like made my first beat, like one of my friends. We like skipped mm-hmm. our last day of school physics class and went out to. Okay, so class. so you weren't into music production; you were into music during high school. Yeah, I was into I was okay. into like more performative music. Okay, yeah, I can yeah. relate to that. I'll talk about that, but go for it. Go um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't like actually start production until like summer of 2019. I didn't start mm-hmm. even taking it seriously until like February of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but up through quarantine, I basically did nothing but like performative music Mm -hmm. um and then eventually i kind of transitioned and ever since then i've been focusing solely on production yeah for sure so i kind of want to talk about the performance stuff what what instrument did you play i was a drummer you were a drummer so were you like doing drum set or like just standard like percussion stuff yeah so i was doing a little bit of everything i i was focusing more on like actual drum set Mm-hmm. Um, like through jazz band, I was in like the all state jazz band. I was their drummer. Oh no um, way! That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I was doing just like more like traditional, like boring percussive stuff in like concert band and stuff. But yeah, I my main focus was actual drum set. Um, of course, until like production stuff came along, mm-hmm. and then from there, my entire focus just switched up that's so funny i literally have like the exact same story as you man like i i uh went went on to high school to do marching band after middle school and my band director made me like switch to playing trombone from saxophone i was like not very happy about it i didn't really want to do it but i just fell in love with it like super fast and just my skills just like skyrocketed just from being around Mm -hmm. people who were better than me and yeah, by like senior year, I remember I was like I was really good at marching band. Like that was my thing. And I wanted to I wanted to go on to do drum corps. You know you know drum corps, right? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I wanted to go on to do drum corps so bad because it's just so cool. And eventually I was like, 
make music, do drum core, and ended up where I am now, man. But yeah, yeah it's super cool to like see people who have, have like similar roots almost because it's kind of rare. It's all, it's pretty rare for like people or producers nowadays to like have that background of like traditional music. Like a lot of people go mm-hmm. straight into like FL Studio. Do you think that like the concert and marching and jazz band? Um, oh, by the way, I meant to say I also did all state jazz band. That's why I thought it was funny. Oh, that's sick. but um, do you do you think that ugh, the concert and marching and jazz stuff helped your production now, or do you think they've been two separate things? No, I think it's helped a lot. Just um, mm-hmm. more of just like kind of like nitpicky shit, like the uh, the whole like rudimentary stuff, like that has really helped a mm-hmm. lot as well as just like being around people that were like so much better than me um it kind of like forced me to learn stuff at a much faster rate specifically with like music theory because like going into my senior year of high school i had no idea like how to even approach music theory but then Mm -hmm. just being around people that like knew everything about everything i was like holy shit like i am so far behind like i need to learn this and i think that's definitely helped just with production as well because it's really easy to just kind of incorporate different things and just be like, Oh yeah, I learned this such and such ago and I can just do that here and all that stuff. So did you know early high school that you wanted to do something in music? No. So, um, my parents were both musicians in college. Mm -hmm. Um, and because of that, they didn't want me to pursue music past high school. Like, they wanted me to go do something, like, get, like, a standard job or whatever. So, like, they were, like, you're not doing music past high school. Um, And I actually went to college to be a business student and dropped out. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's kind of of bad. Um, They went on a vacation in, like, late October. They were gone for, like, a week and a half, so I was by myself. And, like, my mental health was really bad because I was struggling so bad in school. Mm-hmm. So yeah. on a whim, I just dropped out of my college because I was on a full scholarship. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't paid anything because it was Zoom school. Yeah. Uh, so on a whim, I just dropped out. I said, fuck this. Like, you know, I'm out. I'm done. Um, yeah, man. And then that same week, I applied to a music school, submitted a portfolio and everything, got in, got accepted, and accepted the offer all before they even got back. Um, Dude, that is so badass. <laughs> they, they got back and they were like, how, how are your studies? And I was like, yeah, so about that, like, I'm, I'm not enrolled in the school anymore. I'm, I'm, I got accepted to a music school, so I dropped out. And they were furious for so long. And then eventually I kind of like I sat them down and taught them about like the school that I had. Mm-hmm. applied for and they were like if you would have told us that there was a school for what you're doing which is music production we would have let you go there instead of like doing all this extra stuff and, mm-hmm. um so that was kind of nice but um they were just they were not inclined to let me go do music school because they thought that all music schools were performative schools or education like music yeah. or music performance or like classical studies or stuff like that. Like they didn't know there were music production schools like that. So mm-hmm. um, they eventually came around to it, which is nice. Yeah, man. I feel like you know, as like musicians, you have to you have to learn to sometimes disappoint your parents in the short term to like yeah. impress them in the long term. You know, like yeah. when it comes to making decisions for yourself, it can be really hard to get your parents on board. 
but like after a while and they kind of see that you're like super passionate about it and you're like waking up at five to work on it i'm not saying this is everyone but like after they see the the effort you're putting into it and the research you put behind it they start to they start to back you over time which is super nice yeah but dude i had a very similar story we're we're like on the same like timeline mm-hmm. right now i i i really wanted to to not go to college and i wanted to just like make money uh, off of music like during quarantine and so i was working really really hard to like learn how to sell beats which is like the great producer rabbit hole right and mm-hmm. so i was watching those like three hour courses like the legion beat stuff like mm-hmm. just learning how to do like guerrilla marketing and just like dive in and try to get my stuff sold but i got so burnt out so fast from trying to sell mm-hmm. beats because like after a while it doesn't doesn't feel like art just feels like you're just making this product that just spits itself out and like all these leases and rules and like it's just, i wanted to be the artist and it didn't make sense to try to sell beats and so i kind of just felt defeated and was like all right going to college i guess and so you know classic finance major over here just pick the the degree that everyone who doesn't know what they want to do picks <laughs> and, um, I was counting, so yeah exactly and so after it was yeah zoom school like you said man like it full price it's just it felt i was sick to my stomach in some of those classes it's just like why mm-hmm. am i paying for this right now like i remember one of my classes was called like web expressions or something and it was branded as like how to run a blog so i was like oh this is cool like this could be pretty helpful and like by the end of the class, I was like learning how to make gifts and, and like one of the one of the one of the week long units was how to make music online. Oh <laughs> so I was like, are you kidding me? And so um, I didn't I didn't do it behind my parents back. I told them I was like, guys, like I got to quit. Like I've got this own path. Like I got my own path. I kind of know what I'm doing with this. And so I ended up dropping out and I've just been grinding since and it's been super worth it. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, like I totally get the the mental struggle of sitting through us like a school that you that you don't want to be in um and we're, we're going to talk about like the music school a little bit later mm-hmm. but um how did you how did you get into the production like did someone show you a copy <laughs> of ableton or fl studio actually what what dot do you use again i use ableton okay so you use ableton so did someone show you that or how did you how did you come across music production it it's it's kind of a, a really stupid story um so the last day of my junior year of high school, um, me and one of my artist friends, we skipped our physics class on the last day of school because he wanted to go out to his car and smoke a bowl. So I was like, you mm-hmm. know what? Screw it. Like, it's yeah. the end of the day on the last day of school. Might as well. <laughs> um, so we go out to his car um, and he's smoking this bowl. And he's like, have you ever made a beat before? Because he knew I was super into music. I was like, no. Um, and we were issued these like these like shitty like little Apple MacBooks. Um, and he was like, pull up GarageBand. So I pulled up GarageBand. He's like, make a beat right now, right? So I was using all these stock GarageBand sounds, and it was so yeah. bad. <laughs> yep. But he was like, yo, like this is this is hard. Like this is really sick. I was like, it is. Like this sounds horrible to me. He's like, you should you should like try doing this more. So I was like, okay, whatever. So like that entire summer, I just fucked around on GarageBand on my my mom's computer. I would take her computer every day for like seven hours and I would just go make all these shitty beats on GarageBand that um, up until like two weeks ago, you could still find on my SoundCloud, but I eventually, I finally privated them and everything. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> um, but then I want to say uh, probably February of 2020, one of my other friends who I was in all these different jazz bands and 
marching band and all that shit with, he had been using Ableton for a couple of years now. And so I was with him one day, I was over at his place and I was like, what DAW do you use? Cause I'm tired of GarageBand. He was like, here, give me your computer. Um, he was like, give me your computer overnight and I'll bring it to school tomorrow with the software. <laughs> um, and it was my home computer. So I was like, okay, like if you yeah. break this, like <laughs> shit out of you. So then I come to school the next day and it's got a, it's got a cracked Ableton on it. Yeah. Uh, and he was able to crack like Ableton 10 suite that would, eh, and it did like the full auto updates and everything, which was sick. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so he was like, all right, here you go. I was like, how do I use this? And he was like, I did, I did what I needed to do for you. The rest is on you. Um, and then like two weeks later, quarantine hit. So I was like, oh, well, I guess it's fate that I have to hunker down and learn this shit by myself now. Mm-hmm. Um, so from like February of 2020 to like March of wait no yeah oh my god I'm getting my years mixed up Dude, um, so yeah I, I get that from like February of 2020 to like December-ish of 2020 I just the only thing I did was just teach myself Ableton every day I would sit down for like probably 10 hours a day and just learn Ableton and then eventually I started like making beats on it and making loops and everything. And then um, in like November, I put like my first like little beat snippet pack out on Instagram to like my 20 followers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got like two comments that were like, these are so hard. Like, and these are fire. I was like, oh, like, I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm doing something right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then eventually from there, I shifted all my focus from learning Ableton because at that point I knew what I needed to know to just straight networking. And then since Mm -hmm. then, that's all I've been focusing on is just networking Mm -hmm. while making beats on the side. Yeah, we'll talk about that for sure. So when you first started um, making beats or I guess just using Ableton, what genres were you initially drawn to? Like, did you go right into like trap or hip hop or did you kind of play around with EDM for a while? Like, where did you kind of, how did you navigate that? Um, I pretty much just did straight trap for six months probably um mm. i would i would visit my boyfriend looper man every day to mm. just like kind of oh, yeah. get some idea <laughs> yep. um and like i think there was probably like a week period in like may or june where i spent like a week straight making this really shitty edm remix like a rhythm remix of a nba young boy song <laughs> like, oh god <laughs> like all artists why him um but there was I, I did like a week long phase of that. After that, I played it and I was like, this is horrible. I'm never doing this again. Um, so I focused on pretty much nothing but EDM or no, nothing but trap uh, up until like February or March of this year. And then I started dabbling with it again and kind of hunkered down and tried to learn it a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. What I found is just like a lot of artists and honestly, the best way to go is like picking one genre, getting good at that and then just like branching out. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I like one of my regrets, I guess, was like when I first started, I was just trying to do so much stuff and it was super overwhelming. I came really close to quitting. Like I would I would do it for like three months and then drop it for another three months. And I was like, I don't want to quit this because I just spent a lot of money on the software and a bunch of like mm-hmm. MIDI stuff. And my parents would be so mad that I spent all that money and then dropped the hobby. So I kept doing it. But like, honestly, picking one genre and just going with it and then branching out is like what's been the most helpful for me for the past like two years, probably. Um, I kind of want to talk about 
your decision to go to music school. So when you when you dropped out of the business school, did you know that you were going to be applying to the music one or did you already get accepted when you dropped out? When I dropped out, I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, the only thing that I knew I needed to do was stay in school somehow mm-hmm. um, because my parents are very like heavy set on my older brother and I both graduating from an institution. For mm-hmm. sure. Like, I don't know. It's a pretty standard. Yeah. Parents old people have, love yeah. To, to have their kids graduate college. Um, yeah. So I knew that I had to find a new school. Um, and the the idea of going to music school had always like been in the back of my head. So then when I dropped out, I was like, you know, like, fuck it. I'm, I'm applying to music school this second. And I just kind of went from there. Okay. So has has it been helpful? Like, do you regret the decision or are you all in on it still? Oh, I don't regret it at all. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So how, how has it helped your career slash production slash everything? Um, it's, it's just been really nice for connections. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the, the head, the head chairman of my department, um, is the basis for passion pit. Uh, oh, I don't nice. know if you know that band. Not really. Uh, no. His, his name is Jeff Apertuzzi or something. Um, but like every professor in the music production or sorry, in the program that I'm in, it's all, it's called the music industry program and I'm on the recording arts and music production track of it. Mm-hmm. Um, every professor in my specific track has experience in the music industry. Like that was part of their resume and yeah. like you had to have experience. Um, so like this past term, um, I had six courses with six different teachers. Um, and between all of them, they had like 22 Grammys, like just my six professors. Dude, whoa. (laughs) And because of that, they all had their own connections. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, let's see, I want to say like my, my copyrights in the music industry professor was also a mixing engineer on one of the virtual self albums that got Grammy nominated or like uh, a different one of my professors mixed and mastered an entire working on dying album. Like it's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Credentials that all of these professors have. Yeah. That's insane. Because of that, the connections have just blossomed from that alone. For sure. Yeah. When I was, when I was about to go to school, I remember I was like in this panic mode, like I want to do music, but I'm going to finance school. And so I went out on this limb and DM this artist named diamond pistols. Do you know him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like he, by some miracle responded, I don't know how, but like he did. And I was just like, bro, like I'm going to finance school, but I really want to do music. Like, do you have any advice for, for people who want to do music that are going to college? And he was like, Oh yeah, man. Like I went to finance, finance school too. And I ended up doing music full time. Um, and he, he talked about like one of the things he would want to tell his past self to do is to find a really close circle or like just a group of people who are doing the same thing and just have set time every day or every week to just work on music. And that's like the fastest way to improve. So do you think that you've found that at college? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I actually in, uh, my music history class, uh, which was not exclusive to my program. 
uh, on the first day we were doing like class introductions and one of the kids in my class, he was uh, an entertainment and arts management major, which was just like basically A&Ring for the entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, and so I messaged him in like Zoom and I was like, you know, follow me on Instagram or whatever. So we started connecting through there and then we booked a studio session. And then from there we were after that we figured out that we worked really well together. And so we were doing like five or six studio sessions a week um, for like three straight months. And then within like the first month, we got like two little baby placements and a trippy red placement. Oh like, my God. Um, All right. So yeah, we got, we got to talk about that for a second. How, yeah. how did that happen? So um, my buddy that I connected with mm-hmm. uh, his best friend uh, is a guitarist over at uh, UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, he lives out there and everything. And one of his friends has some sort of direct connection to Trippy Red. And when my friend was telling me this, I was like, you know, like bullshit, like there's no way. And mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, okay. You can believe that. And he pulls up on his phone. He, he pulls up a video of this kid. His name's Mariano, him and, uh, his buddy from Berkeley and Trippy Red playing video games in Trippy Red's house. Oh, no way. And I was like, holy shit, like you are not lying. Um, so that's how that happened. And then uh, for Lil Baby, he, my buddy was also working with an artist, a TikTok artist. Um, uh, and his name, I swear to God, his name is Big Dick Chima. Um <laughs> He was in a studio session with one of my friend, my buddy's other friends in Atlanta. And this dude, Big Dick Chima, his management was supposedly paying a little baby for a feature. And mm-hmm. so they were locked in there together. And that's how we got oh, wow. that connection. Yeah, man. Honestly, like I hear stories like this and I look at the own, like my own connections that I've made. And like I hear so many kids nowadays, like just complaining about how there's no way to like network nowadays and it's so oversaturated. But like, bro, like you just put in the effort and the time like shit like that can happen you know like you, yeah. you just never expect the people that you're gonna meet and the people that you're gonna talk to it's it's insane and, like i feel like kids send like 10 dms and they're like this isn't working and it's yeah. like if you just put a lot of time and just effort into it and just like meet the right people and don't be private about everything like shit just starts happening it's really crazy yeah um, it's ridiculous but um so who are some other artists on your radar that you want to work with that you think are kind of in your your scope right now um, I really want to work with K Suave, who is, um, like Trippy Red's like right hand man. Um, I think I've heard. I think I've heard of him. He's really big on uh, in the underground scene, like on SoundCloud and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really want to work with him. Um, shit, who are some other people? Um, wow, I haven't, I haven't really even thought about this too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely want to work with K Suave in the near future um i want to work with tusi um because he's he's just yeah incredible. yeah I've, yeah i've been seeing a lot about him recently actually um, do you know do you know uno the activist yes yes dude he's such a goat bro he's oh my crazy. god he is um, crazy. and i also really want to work with rod wave just because he's mm-hmm. like a lyrical just like his his like vocals themselves are just so beautiful dude for sure absolutely um so I kind of want to talk for a second about posting content on TikTok. So mm-hmm. is that something you've like taken seriously or is that just something you started and just like been having random success here and there? 
Um, I don't take my TikTok serious at all. If I'm being honest. <laughs> fair like, enough. Of, oh, oh, ow, shit, my bad. Um, a lot of people they'll post like two or three videos like every single day and get no traction. Yep. Um, and then like there was, I want to say like a two month period where I didn't post a single video just because I forgot. Mm. If I'm being honest, I forgot I even had a TikTok. Dude, um, I like I forgot that I could even post on it. I would just go on there. <laughs> yeah. and um but then eventually i just started posting like like four videos a week for like a week and a half mm-hmm. and one of them did it some numbers um and i'm i'm just so inconsistent with it because if i'm being honest like tiktok is a great platform to use if you're really consistent and you're down to be really consistent with it yeah but i honestly just don't care <laughs> enough yeah. to like want to be active on it that's what i use instagram for i'm on instagram probably eight nine hours a day just networking through there dude um, yeah 100 percent. but i just i never post on tiktok i i'm just too lazy to yeah man honestly like i feel like i had this i had this big phase and i feel like a lot of artists have this big phase where everybody is like screaming in your ear to post on tiktok and they're like, this is the platform. This is where you can go from zero to 100 in a day. And it's like you feel this pressure, like this FOMO. It's it's like watching Bitcoin go through the roof and you mm-hmm. haven't touched it. You know, it's the same feeling where you feel like you're missing out. And like I feel like a lot of artists have this big push to just post and post. But I feel like what ends up coming out is like unauthentic, just like factory cookie cutter content. And yeah. sometimes it does well. But like my experience anyways has been like it – it can be really like mentally draining, especially mm-hmm. like when you're thinking about it a lot and like looking at the numbers and just trying to think of ideas for the next day. And all the while, like people are passing you left and right with production skill because you're not putting in the time there. And like yeah. I, had this, I had this big phase where I was just posting content like as much as I could. And to be fair, like some of it did pretty well. It was pretty cool. Like people would reach out to me a lot. I made some pretty cool connections through that. However, like looking back on it, if I just doubled down on my production at the time, probably be a lot further with that right now yeah. um, or just like you know it, it just wasn't authentic and it wasn't me and i was just posting because i was supposed to be posting i feel like that's kind of a big pitfall like a lot of people fall into and it's kind of toxic yeah. to be honest but like stop like when i stopped posting and just started worrying about production and connections dude like i've gone miles so like what you said about just like hunkering down on networking like it does do like wild things yeah, it's ridiculous. And TikTok is also just such a toxic platform. Like oh my people God, that dude. know nothing about what you're posting always have the most shit to say. And it's I know, so bro. Yeah, it's like you all all the people leave and hate too. You go to their profiles, you got nothing. Like no Instagram, mm-hmm. no content. It's like it's so sad. It's just so easy for people to just dump out garbage. And half the time, the stuff that d- does well on that platform is all the negative stuff, like mm-hmm. the bad shit. Like so many times, like I found you. Like sometimes your TikToks have like ten likes, but the beat you're playing is crazy. It's insane. And then like the next the next TikTok I see is like someone who posts a song that's not great and it blew up because of all the negative comments like mm-hmm. bagging on it you know it's just like it's sad after a while and it sucks and I've come to hate it after a while it's like it's got its benefits like the way the music industry works because of TikTok is pretty neat but like it's just it's a double-ended sword man for sure yeah I mean the only reason that I even post on TikTok anymore is just for the like the very few connections i get from it yeah yeah um like i did i did a video on the 7th of july um and it did like twelve thousand views mm-hmm. um but the rapper josiah commented on it 
Um, oh, I saw actually, that actually. Yeah. I was able to get his phone number and everything and connect with him through there. And that is like the one connection in like six months that I've made off of TikTok. And oh, that's yeah. like the only reason I haven't deleted the app yet or like sold my account to someone because of just like this <laughs> dude for sure. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, so now that we kind of brought up TikTok, that's that's how I saw your beats. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about your sound, bro, because like, oh, okay, man, like so so many beats nowadays are just like copy and paste and just splice and like you can tell in a second when someone's used a loop or just like there's just so much copying that gets done and it's very I feel like it's very rare to hear beats that are like forward thinking you know i feel like something happens in the scene then everybody follows really really fast um and that happened with like trippy red with mr rage you know like Mm -hmm. those loops started popping off however like i feel like your beats have this like one step ahead approach like i have never ever in my life heard somebody use a dubstep sound in a Mm -hmm. trap beat that is crazy to me as i kind of want to talk about like when you when you sit down to make a beat are you consciously thinking about making something really different or does it just happen um it'll it'll honestly it's half dependent on just like my general like mood for the day Mm -hmm. and it's also half dependent on like what did i just see on instagram before i closed my app and got on ableton yeah like usually like 99 percent of the time when i'm making beats it'll just be like really super simple placement beats because those are what artists that i work with always need from me they'll hit me up every single day like yo i need to pack i need to pack and i'm like shut the fuck up. <laughs> um like no no disrespect but like jesus let me breathe yeah, um, for real and so like um it'll also just be dependent on like the shit that's like going on in my life because mm-hmm. like this is a, this is like a really depressing story about how I actually made that beat that I was talking about where Josiah commented on it and everything where it's got the dubstep loop. Um, so usually I make stuff based off of like my emotions and just like how I feel. So like the night I made that dubstep loop, I was making it for a beat battle for it was for my friend Jupiter's beat battle. Um, and it was just supposed to be like a like a trap beat battle. I was like, fuck, it, I'm going to do dubstep like I'm going to be different. Mm-hmm. And just try it, use it as an opportunity to challenge myself. Yeah. Um, so like I was working on it and then I got a text from one of my friends that like one of my other friends had gone to the hospital and was like on life support and was like in a coma and from like a diabe- like a diabetic related thing. And I was oh, like, Jesus yeah. Christ, like that's really fucked up. Um and then there was just a bunch of shit that happened with all that. And so it ended up basically being like his parent. It was like his parents' fault, and like they didn't take him to the hospital when they needed to. So I was like just oh, so geez. pissed off. Yeah, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna make like the angriest shit I possibly can because I can't do mm-hmm. anything." And it's six in the morning now. Um, so then I made that dubstep loop, and I just kind of sat on it. And then, um, my friend Mariano that I was talking about earlier, I played him that loop, and he was like, "Put trap drums over that." I was like, what the, like, what are you talking about? He's like, put your hand over it right now. So I did it on FaceTime and he was like, yeah, see, like, that's hard. And then I kept listening to it. I kept listening to it. I was like, okay, well, looks like I'm going to, I'm going to try doing that now. Um, and then I ended up making like a, like a whole pack of those. And then like within that day, I had sold like six of them and made a couple thousand dollars off of them. So I was like, Jesus, like. Yeah, that's huge. So the the idea of genre bending 
that I was talking about way at the beginning, that's just kind of what I'm trying to do now because it's stuff that so few people have heard. Yeah. That when people hear it, they don't want to stop hearing it. Yeah, dude. Like I hear, I see, I see one of those beats on your TikTok. I watched like 10 times, bro. Mm -hmm. I just loop it because I'm just so curious to hear it. So like, do you think that sound is going to hit mainstream at some point or do you feel like you're kind of going out on a limb? Um, honestly, I think the only way it would hit mainstream is if I made it hit mainstream. Okay. Because I like, I'm usually very transparent about how I make stuff. Like if someone were to ask me like, yo, can you send me all of your serum presets? I would be like, sure. Like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, but with stuff like that, like with all this new shit, like I'm not telling anybody how I make it. Like I'm trying Mm -hmm. to keep it as, as, uh, exclusive as possible. So I feel like if it were to hit mainstream, it would be by my doing. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I've told people, like, try and make this. And, like, no one's been able to. Yeah. So are there artists in your life who are willing to, to get on those beats? Or have they? Or where do they stand with everything? Yeah. So I actually – that beat um, that I posted that Josiah had commented on – he um sent me his phone number and I sent it to him and he sent me back a demo of it. Um and he wants to release it. So wow, yeah, possibility man. that that would actually hit the mainstream relatively soon if it yeah. ends up hitting. Because if it doesn't and he doesn't want it and he scraps it, then I'll just send it to a different artist. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, that's definitely super exciting to see. So hmm. um you in the beginning said that you would consider yourself kind of an EDM artist. Is is that something you're taking seriously or is that kind of just like on the side of the beat making? That's really just on the side. Um, I'm not necessarily making like full EDM tracks. It's more mm-hmm. so I am just like sound designing drop loops and then mm-hmm. from there implementing them and kind of genre bending them with rage loops to try yeah. and make those those like those loops that um like that one i posted on tiktok that's really Mm -hmm. the farthest extent of edm that i'm doing right now yeah um but i have done edm stuff in the past like um on like my soundcloud i have one like rhythm song up that i've done that's like two minutes long yeah i heard that three drops like that's really all i've done Mm. but i'll probably do more in the future i just don't know when yeah, for sure. The uh, what I talked about in the beginning about like picking one genre and, and going with it for a while and then branching out. That's kind of what I did with EDM. Like I really, really got into that, and then kind of as a result, all of the other genres that I've I've touched have been a lot better because I I knew about EDM. I feel like EDM is one of those genres where like you can't really skip anything. You can't really miss out on any aspect of production because it's all there. Yeah. Like if I just made beats, I don't really know if I'd ever touch serum to be honest, you know, or mm-hmm. just like any sound design at all really. Um, yeah. and I feel like knowing EDM, it's like when you, when you approach any other genre, you kind of just take this very open canvas approach to the genre. Um, I feel like that's super, super helpful for sure. And you're definitely applying that yourself. Um, so right now, who would you say influences your sound the most, or is it all you? Um, uh, it really depends. Um, cause I like to, 
kind of categorize my production into like little subsections. Like I've got all of like the placement stuff that I do, like the super simple trap. Um, like that's all inspired by Tank God because he taught me all of that stuff, like all the stuff that I know mm-hmm. about making placement beats in the sound selection and everything that all um tank god is my main influence um for sure but with like the rage stuff uh and just like the edm in general that all stemmed from the miss the rage snippet as stupid as that sounds like once i heard that i was like holy shit like no one's ever made anything like this like i want to learn how to do this like as soon as possible so i can like get on this while it's still hot yeah for sure I feel like everybody kind of had that moment where they're like, "Oh my god, yeah. this is this is yeah. gonna be fucking huge! Like, this is gonna be a big deal." Yeah, um, I have this funny story about Tank God. I don't really talk about much because it's not really much of anything actually. Mm. But I remember when I was like a senior in high school, I was like making these garbage beats, and I just post them on my Instagram story to like ninety people or something like that. And I remember one time I was sitting in my friend's basement, I got this DM from Tank God. I was like, "What?" And I because I had never gotten like a DM from like really anybody who wasn't already following me. And so I, I looked at it and he had just like swiped up on my story. It's a dope idea. I remember like I responded something like, and it was a garbage beat too. So I kind of knew he was just saying it to be nice or whatever or something or motivation. I don't know, to be honest to this day, why he did that. But I remember I just DM'd him back like, you try to collab or something like that. Oh. It was, I just had no idea how the industry worked and like, it was still like a ton of motivation though. Like remember I walked away from that, like, oh my God, like I have to do this now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's just like a super funny story, I think. Um but um let me see here. Oh yeah, so I kinda wanna dig into like mental health because like if you look back on twenty twenty, like that was kinda like every producer's time almost like lock in. Like that's where I feel like a lot of producers made like the most exponential growth with like mm finding themselves but then also like their own sound and just skill in general however i feel like for a lot of people it kind of took a toll or at least it did for me anyways like the constant grinding and not really seeing anyone because of lockdown like it kind of hits hard you know um and so i guess how for you has mental health been been a, a, a difficulty as an artist and how have you attempted to deal with it or slash dealt with it um mental health really didn't like my mental health didn't really affect me until like I dropped out of business school and everything. Oh, for sure. From when quarantine started until then, I didn't focus on anything else other than learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously it was a pain in the ass. And I got really frustrated a lot because I was like, how do I duplicate this audio track? <laughs> I was done like two hours trying to figure it out. And then I press command T and I'd be like, I'm a fucking idiot. Right. <laughs> and that was, that wasn't like anything that was like the the repetition of that wasn't anything that was like really draining on my mental health. It was just more like frustrating. frustrating. Um, but my mental health, it was fine up until uh, like when I dropped out and then it was really bad for a little bit. Uh, and then once I moved to Philadelphia for school for a little bit, it was fine again. Mm-hmm. Um, but then coming back here to shitty old Nebraska, uh, <laughs> it got really bad again, just because, you know, like you're in, you're in one of the best cities for music production for this rap genre in the country. And then after two and a half months, bam, you got to leave. You got to go back to 
cornfields and beer and fat woman central like there's nothing <laughs> out there there's not a there's there's zero studios in this entire state like it's bad mm-hmm. um so it's been like it's been kind of up and down ever since i got back for sure man. um but uh i really just been trying to focus on trying new stuff which is where the whole like genre bending idea came from yeah man um because i was like i make placement beats right now and they're good enough to make me money but like i'm not satisfied for sure so like why not take six different genres and just put them all together like a meatball and just throw it at the computer and see what happens it's a great way of putting it man (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little fat, so I like to make a lot of food references. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just kind of how I've been trying to get back, get my mojo back, and everything. Dude, for sure. Like, I feel like when people have like kind of like a source of inspiration or something that wakes them up to like really drive them to like be different or just like find success, it really helps with the mental health. You know, like I feel like yeah. for you, like having something that you're trying to push, being like a genre, like something something you're really trying to. Uh, stand out with is almost like a distraction from the realities and horrors of being an artist like i've i've found that anyways like whenever i sit down i'm always trying to make something that i've never made before and that alone is like a really good distraction almost from a lot of other stuff um and so for you has i guess you kind of already answered this is music a good outlet for your mental health at all or do you kind of do you have other outlets that you like going to aside from music? Because a lot of people, music is the escape. But for us, we're always working on music. So do you have another escape? I guess that's what I'm asking. Um, usually when I'm like producing, and I'm like like screw this, like I need a break. Um, I'll invite my friends over and I'll engineer for them, and that's okay. like a completely different side of the of the ball field while staying in the same space. Yeah, doing kind of the same stuff, but in a sense, it just feels so different because it's because it's it's not yours. Yeah, it's it's going from all right. Let me sit down and make beats nonstop for twelve hours and not get out of my chair and go piss and eat and drink and do nothing, and then it changes and it's like all right, let's go through your guys's email and listen to these random beats that none of us have ever heard. And then I'm going to sit here and press play and pause and then do a mix for you guys while you sit here and you're on your phones and you smoke weed in my basement. Like it's, yeah. it's just completely different, but it's like, it's the same in the sense, but at the same time, it's like kind of different. It's just enough different to like mm-hmm. be satisfactory. Did I feel that? Cause like whenever you're working on someone else's project, you always like, or maybe I guess the other way, if you're working on your own stuff, it's got to be perfect and like you want it to look a certain way and come across a certain way and you're thinking like – you're overthinking it I guess and versus like when you're when you're like doing production for another artist or mixing for someone, you're kind of just like putting their own project in a little box and it's just easier to wrap your head around because it's not yours and it doesn't necessarily have to be 100% perfect. Um, and yeah, I think that definitely is like a good escape. Like it's really refreshing to sit down and like do someone else's work. Even if yeah. it's like not paid, it's just like a break and you're learning something, you know? Yeah. Um, so if you kind of look back on 2020 Saturn Gates, I guess you could say, what advice would you give him? Um, well, up until like 
January. I went by a different name. Okay. That was really stupid. It was Lil Jummy. It was Jimmy with a U. And the story was I got super high one night and made a SoundCloud for myself and spelled Jimmy wrong. <laughs> Jimmy Neutron. That's amazing. Um, and so I spelled it Jummy and it stuck. So the first thing I would do is change your fucking name. <laughs> something professional. And <laughs> I guess I, the, the biggest piece of advice would be like, even if you're still learning the fundamentals and stuff, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't network with other producers and if you don't try and put yourself out there as an individual as opposed to a name and a producer. Like, not necessarily that. Um, fuck, that made no sense. Um, no, it did. It did. Um, basically, putting yourself out there as not just a name behind a screen, but an actual producer that's individualized in the community mm-hmm. um and also basically being open and susceptible to criticism because that was a thing that i really struggled with Dude, yeah um i was i was what we like to call egotistical as fuck <laughs> fair um, bro fair <laughs> and i'm not i'm not ashamed to admit that um but it was to the point where i would i would send someone be and i'd be like can you give me honest feedback about this and then they would give me honest feedback and it would be a lot of honest feedback because it wasn't good and i would be thinking in my head i'd be like this guy this guy thinks he's better than me like fuck this guy (laughs) Um, and eventually i learned that by doing that i was re i was regressing instead of progressing yeah um so yeah, really just being an individual as opposed to just a name behind a screen um, and being susceptible to criticism and then also just networking. Those are the three most important things I would tell myself is to do all that. Yeah, for sure, man. I feel like <laughs> giving or getting feedback can be kind of hard because like your art is your baby, you know, like you don't want yeah. anyone to throw dirt at it and yeah. like let's be honest sometimes when we send like our music to people we just want them to say it's good so we can feel good about ourselves <laughs> and like we're not actually looking for feedback we just want validation for what we just made <laughs> and like it's very yeah and, and i think just like sending people stuff and then not accepting the feedback is like i don't know it's like don't send people stuff if you don't if you if you can't handle the criticism you know it's exactly. hard though because <laughs> like sometimes i'm just excited about something i just made and i want to send it to people and they send me feedback i'm like no 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 don't say that don't say that take it back mm-hmm. um so i guess let's talk about uh the industry for a second and like kind of <coughs> the, the industry can be hard because i feel like the way edm is different from rap or like the rap slash like beat scene um is you kind of have to be a little bit hard to go to go that route, or at least that's what I've found. Like I feel like the EDM scene is very like calm and like not oh like I don't want to I don't want to act like the people people in the the rap scene aren't nice, but I've I've definitely found that you have to be like you got to kind of push your way through like a oh, crowd yeah, with like, some cut, force. Bro. Like it's- yeah, like people are violent in that in that scene. Um, versus like EDM, it's very like. Oh, I love your track. Give me a like and I'll like yours back. And it's nothing more than that versus like in rap. It's like very, very aggressive and sometimes fraudulent and a lot of times fraudulent actually. So I guess what has been the hardest part about navigating like the evils of the industry? Um, 
definitely the idea of not being able to trust everybody that you talk to because yeah, like, on the surface everybody seems so nice and so willing to help you and whatnot and then the second that you text them and you're like yo thanks to your feedback and the suggestions you gave me i got a placement with insert big artist right mm-hmm. And then immediately that person switches up and they're like, so where's my cut? Like, I helped you. Like, where's my money? Damn. Yeah. Like, I, I had an instance of that happen where um, I was talking to this dude and he was actually like really helpful and really sincere and helping me through a lot of stuff. And I was like, yo, bro, like, thanks to the help that you've given me, I got a placement with this dude. And he had like maybe like – 20,000 followers like it, it wasn't necessarily a big placement but it was it was notable yeah um, and dude was like where's my cut and I was like you didn't do anything you like gave me advice like there's no cut for advice because that's not how it works yeah um and he was like fuck you and I was like fuck you you know and so then I went on an NDA and I, I went on a contract and everything um, and dude was like, if you didn't, if you don't give me 50% of your payout, I'm doxing your address to everybody I know. And I was like, over advice, like you're going to, you're going to give away my address. Yeah. And then he like sent me like a Google Maps screenshot of my house. And he was like, I've got your parents name and bank info. And I was like, bro, like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> And yeah. so I got off my contract, right? And I got paid like $500, right? <laughs> so I said yeah. 50 bucks. I was like, here's half of my contract. Like I was on NDA, so I can't disclose how much I made, but that's half. Yeah. Like suck my dick, bitch. And I was like, okay. So yeah, that, that that's a, just a pretty general idea of what, what the beat scene is like that's very extreme but shit like that happens so often yeah man like you can you can only cover yourself up or like fake uh fake your charisma and fake your personality for so long before like Mm -hmm. it you just you you have to be as genuine as possible and i think like at least my advice to anyone going into that scene would just be like from the get-go be genuine and be yourself and don't lie and just like be there for people regardless if there's pain pain involved or not because like yeah if you are fake, people are going to find out pretty fast and it's going to be exactly. at the worst time. And everyone like your circle that you build is not going to be a circle much longer. And so just like going into it as genuine as you can be is definitely the best way to go. So I guess what, what, uh, let's say there's like a 16 year old beat maker in their room right now, kind of, you know, signing onto their ads caps, like getting going with everything. What advice would you give them about just the industry in general? Um, the easy the advice that i would give is the easiest way to go about getting your first placements is to not work through other producers but to work through the artist directly mm-hmm. like um because the ways that i got my first placements wasn't through other producers it was just through me directly dming artists and being like yeah. yo like your sound is exactly the type of production that i do like what's your email i i want to send you beats right now as opposed to working through a different producer and then you have to worry about splitting royalties and all that shit because then it just becomes a legal issue. Um, they can just say it's theirs too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
So I would say definitely just reach out through artists directly because artists are surprisingly more willing to respond to random producer DMs than one would think. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, I'm kind of curious what, and we're kind of, we're kind of, we're kind of going off the topic now, but what music is really like catching your attention right now? Like what's the stuff that's really standing out and like, you kind of see as being progressive alongside what you're doing um progressive industry wise no i just mean like i guess sound wise like pushing the genre forward like what music is really catching your attention i guess oh um i want to say like like the new like underground soundcloud wave like the ken carson the summer sofago can can mm-hmm. all that shit that's just pushing the entire industry along so far yeah, like that's yeah. going to be the new wave in the next couple months. Like everybody's already starting to make that stuff. So I think that's definitely going to progress even more and become the, like the new mainstream. It's good. It's, it's basically, it's replacing rage and yeah. like the trippy red stuff. Like that is the new wave right now. What kind of, what kind of stuff have you been, have you been listening to a lot of recently? Like if you were to open Spotify, what kind what songs are like at the top? Oh um, this is really embarrassing because it's nothing that I produce at all. Um, right now, my top—I'll give you my top seven. It's uh, one thirty-three "Ode to Freshman" by Chuck Sutton, um, two a.m. by Drex Carter, "Love Too Fast" by Steve Lacey, "Brothers Keeper" by Red Veil, "Bastard" by Tyler the Creator, "X Factor" by Lauren Hill, and "Glazed" by Jay Dilla. All right, I'm not gonna lie. I knew I knew two of those songs, but nothing else. <laughs> so, w- yeah. what what are these like? Are these all rap? Like, what are these? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like some of them are kind of dipping their toe into more of like the like the indie scene, uh, but it's it's mainly like that playlist is mainly like, oh my god, it's so different. Like everything is just its own thing. There's like, um. There's like some 90s rap on here, uh, like some 90s instrumental, almost like some MF Dooms type stuff, mm-hmm. um, like that type of production. Um, and then there's just like like 2017 horrorcore made by a 14-year-old. Um, then we've got like almost like uh, some Frank Ocean type stuff. And then um, like if the artist Big Wild did like two points of molly before he went to the studio um it's it's just it's all over the place it's i'm sorry it's hard to that's, no that's that's good bro like honestly it's so healthy to listen to a little bit of everything man like honestly some of the best producers have spotify's that's like jazz and like metal and then like mm-hmm. like uh just mainstream pop like everything bro honestly like it's just super healthy to listen to that stuff do you know who um do you know who stara is mm-hmm She's a female artist who like she has a lot of writing for other artists. Like she, I think she wrote like a Megan Thee Stallion song. Ugh, it was like the big one that wasn't Savage. I don't remember. I, I can't even think now. There's like a Beyonce remake. Oh, maybe wow. that was Savage. I don't know. But uh, she she's she's a female artist who like has this really crazy progressive sound. And like Diplo's been working with her, and Skrillex's been working with her, and like it's super cool to see. And then there's um, do you know Magilla music or like mm-hmm. just Magilla? same thing bro like i for some reason i've never been too attracted to like the female rap scene 
not because like they're bad or something, but it's just like not something I've gotten into. But these two female artists, bro, Stara and Magilla, they are like years beyond where we are now. It's so crazy. I'll have to send you their Instagrams later, bro. Cause like if you could get placements with them, man, it's not even big placements. It would just be like because their music is so cool and you want to be a part of it, you know. But those mm-hmm. artists are super cool to me. Do you know um do you know Tara Reed? Yes. Dude, oh my god, his stuff is so raw, bro. It's so sick. He's like such a modern approach, like hip hop. I think it's super tight. Actually, mm. have you have you done much like, I guess classic hip hop production at all? Or I really want to, yeah, dip my toe into that, but I just can't. Yeah, is it I just something like right... you just haven't tried, or you're not? I, just, super I don't interested? have the right drum sounds for it. That's the problem. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's definitely like, oh my god, it's definitely it's like um, you have to put yourself in the shoes of the people who are making it at the time. And then mm-hmm. just bring a modern approach to it. Like it's not it's not like you can just load a bunch of drum sounds and just throw the beat together. You really have to like they they take a lot longer than normal trap beats. Like there's yeah. a lot more thought. And sometimes you're like playing it and like sometimes it's it's all over the place, but it's super fun. Um so what what artists do you see yourself working with long term? Like longer than just like the next year or two, like do you are is your I guess I guess a better question is what are your long term career goals like where do you see your project in like the far future like do you want to be up there with like the great greats or do you want to be like a huge part of the underground scene or do you want to be playing shows as an EDM artist like where do you see yourself? Honestly, I haven't really thought super long term. Just I've just been Fair, kind of going yeah. more day by day, yeah, 100%. which is really not good. Um, not having a like a long-term plan um but i mean i'm i'm going out to la next month for a couple weeks oh nice yeah um to link up and like lock in with tank god for like two straight weeks and we're doing a lot of private studio sessions with big like big big names that like i can't talk about there you go um, so hopefully through that, just connection wise, that'll be able to blossom a whole plan out. Hundred percent, bro. Because um, like I don't, I don't want to necessarily be like one of those people where it's like that dude was one of the greatest people ever. Because like I'm not, I don't want to be on that status. I just want to be a guy that makes money and like makes beats. I feel like I, I literally, I literally just want to make my stupid little beats and press my stupid little keys on my keyboard and just pay my parents back for my college and like the the shit they bought me as a kid and then just be able to retire them and then do whatever the fuck i want dude that's like that's ideal for a lot of people man i love it and honestly bro like not having a plan long term is so normal like the life of an artist is like you think you're gonna do one thing and not even a year later you're doing something completely else you're on a totally different path so like when people ask me what my five-year goals are it's like I mean, I have things on my bucket list that I want to do, but like, I don't know where I'm going to live. Like I've bounced between like Seattle and LA in my head. Like, I don't know what I want. Like, I have no idea. I have no idea. And so that's like, that's completely normal, bro. Like yeah. nothing to sweat about for sure. Yeah. Um, but dude, we're at an hour now, which is usually when I start wrapping things up. So I mm-hmm. guess to finish off here, plug what you got coming up as far as like cool, big career moves slash plug your social media. Um, um let's see uh anything you can talk about anyways i just dropped new content on my only fans <laughs> uh, no um let's see uh 
I'm really I'm I'm going to LA in a month or less than a month. Um, uh, is that is that where you want to live? I I you know, <laughs> I don't know. Don't know. Yeah, <laughs> fair bro. Yeah. <laughs> As of right now, Philly is probably where I'm going to end up, just because that's where I'm doing school at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really acclimated with the area. Um, but let's see. I'm going to LA next month. Going to work with some cool people. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. What is my Instagram? I feel like I should know that by now. Um, oh, okay. It's literally just Saturn Gates. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Follow me there. Um, if people want to hear your stuff, where can they go? Um, I post like snippets on my Instagram. Otherwise, I also put stuff very, very, very occasionally on my SoundCloud which is just Saturn space gates. Um, uh, I really like, I really don't post too much of my own work unless it's like released as placements. Um, I try and keep a lot of my stuff very like secluded, which is not very good, (laughs) but I'm going to post more stuff in the near future. So for sure, man. Yeah. Definitely been a great conversation, bro. I think this will be pretty insightful for a lot of people getting Mm -hmm. into it. Sure, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I I really appreciate you uh, reaching out. This is a lot of fun. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you did today, um, I'm going to link all of Saturn's socials below in the description. So go give him a follow. Go send him a DM. Tell him you liked the episode. Um, But yeah, guys, go check out his shit on SoundCloud. He's doing EDM. He's doing beats. He's doing all sorts of stuff. Like I said, it was a great conversation. I hope you guys got some sort of value out of it. yeah, guys, I guess I'll talk about my shit for a little bit. Um, not a lot, not a lot going on. Actually, no, that's not true. There is a lot of shit going on right now. I just don't know how much I'm, I'm willing to talk about. Uh, I quit one of my jobs. I'm going in on, on another one right now. And then I'm hoping to be done with that pretty soon, too. I'm kind of finding, like, unique ways to trickle in more money. And I just, I want to get out of my job so bad. So I'm hoping by the end of the summer. That's my goal. Um, and then I got, I'm looking at my whiteboard right now. I got three songs. I hope you guys didn't hear that car. I got three songs on the way. Um, and they're all really different. Something I've never done before. But you know what? I heard on a podcast recently that was like, when you're a young artist and you really don't have a huge fan base and you're not signed, like you have to fuck around and like make different shit and try everything. Because once you're big, you can't really do that as much. Like, right now, I don't have any fans to disappoint, you know? <laughs> and so, like, this is kind of my wiggle room to try everything and kind of pick something that I really, really like um, and something that's different. So that's what I'm doing right now, guys. Like, I, I, I'm all the songs that I'm working on, they're all super unique. I'm really proud of all of them. I'm trying to get a song going here with an original vocal, which is something I've never done before. Um, and then... I'm kind of working on singing myself, which you might be like, that's a terrible idea, which you'd be right. It is. Um, but I feel like through all my terrible ideas, usually comes from my best art. So I'm going to kind of fuck around my voice, see what I can do. Um, yeah, guys, we're chilling. We're chilling. That's it for me, though. I hope you guys liked the episode. Like I said, hope you guys are having a good day. Summer's almost over, and that blows my fucking mind because it feels like Christmas was like a few months ago. Jeez. 
Well, yeah, that's it from me, guys. Thanks for listening. Peace.